Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off. And everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Welcome back in to the Ben Maller Show. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh, before I get to my analysis, prognostications, and thoughts on the two college football semifinal games, uh, just a quick postscript, uh, what we talked about analytics in the first points of the game in the first drive. Uh, Biff Fisher from Armadillo Sports tweets in, they always say, quote, analytics to explain these decisions, but the team that scores first wins most of the time. Getting ahead even 3 to nothing is a big help. Couldn't agree more. This is coming from a guy who covered the Detroit Lions for 10 years, pre- and post-game. Saw a lot of stuff at Ford Field. And the first points are always the hardest in the NFL game, and there's something psychological. And by the way, the stat, which I tweeted out, NFL teams who receive the opening kickoff and score points on their first drive go on to win the game 59.8% of the time. That is an edge you can't ignore. Okay. I'm going to start with Georgia-Michigan first because it's 
the second game. And why am I starting with the second game? Because thanks to their 7.30 Eastern kickoff, Georgia and Michigan, whoever wins, well, they're going to know who they'll face. They'll know whether they're facing Alabama or Cincinnati in the title game before they even take the field at Hard Rock Stadium. And tomorrow night, I know people have complained it's New Year's Eve. I am predicting it's going to be one of the most highly viewed college football games in recent years because Michigan has come out of nowhere this year. And again, another school I'm very familiar with, cut my teeth in radio uh, at WTK in Ann Arbor, covered the Michigan Wolverines. For many, many, many years, I talked to my good friend Dennis Fithian today, who still covers the team, talked about the Daxton Hill situation. Harbaugh was brought to Michigan to do three things. Beat Ohio State, win a Big Ten title, and get to the Final Four. And before this year, it was looking pretty rocky. Ohio State owned him. And I don't want to hear that they lost nine in a row and 15 out of 16, and no one can beat Ohio State. Before Michigan started that slide, the Wolverines were 17-12 and 12 against the Buckeyes, so they had a history of beating them. Why lower their standards? Harbaugh was supposed to be the savior, right? No more Brady Hoke, no more Rich Rod. Jim Harbaugh, come into town. Who's got it better than us? Well, prior to this year, seven teams had been to the Big Ten Championship game. None of them named Michigan, even Northwestern, Michigan State. Well, that's all behind him now. Michigan got it done. And not only did they have their landmark victory, over Ohio State in the big house, they followed up the following week, completely annihilated Iowa in the Big Ten title game. So you've got a tale of two teams here. The Bulldogs of Georgia, they've got to try to bounce back after being decked by Alabama in the SEC championship game, which was their first loss of the 2021 season. So the truth of the matter is, if you talk to people inside or around Georgia, uh, and they have, you know, roots run deep there, right? They were very uh, objective. They were very analytical. They were very honest. They were very forthright about their game against Alabama. They made no bones about it. Georgia got outcoached that day. They got outplayed. The question is, will that happen again against Michigan? I don't think so. Remember, Georgia, in their first 12 games, the Bulldogs gave up a total of just 83 points. So I think you will see a very focused, physical Georgia defense at 7.30 Eastern Friday night after that Alabama showing. Michigan's had a good year. Tip of the cap. Jim Harbaugh's made all the right coaching decisions. He's made very good personnel moves, and they got the record to show it. But Harbaugh is going to see a pass rush that he hasn't seen all season. Why do I bring that up? Because unless Michigan can have success through the year, they're going to struggle against Georgia. They're not going to run the ball on Georgia like they think they're going to be able to. By the way, Michigan's pass offense only ranks 44th. I think Cade McNamara, their quarterback out of Reno, has done an excellent job this year. Uh, But the only game in which Michigan really put up statistically gaudy passing numbers was against Michigan State, whose pass defense, I don't know, ranks like 123rd or something. And they lost that game. Meanwhile, and, and, and to be fair, uh, Cade McNamara is not Bryce Young. And Alabama's got much more team speed and much more dynamic players on the edge, and, and, and their passing attack ranked 11th. The truth of the matter is Georgia's front seven is too talented, too deep, and from what I'm hearing, the Georgia Bulldogs are absolutely desperate to get a rematch 
with the tie. By the way, if anybody would like to weigh in on the playoff games, 877-99 on Fox, we'll hear what you've got to say. Will it be a double-digit win for Kirby Smart? I'm not sure. I think it's leaning that way. Uh, The loss to Alabama was sort of an avalanche of overreaction, I think, including condemning Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. Well, I don't think that was fair. The, the, the recency bias, the overreacting, this is what happens. Then Georgia opens up as a nine-point favorite. It's settled at seven and a half. A ton of public money has come in on Michigan. I think 72% of the tickets are on Michigan, on the dog, because they're overreacting to what they saw last. And whenever the dog gets the public money, it's usually good for the book. That's usually what happens. Georgia still, remember, they held eight foes to seven or fewer points this season. Only one scored more than 17. That was Bama. Yeah, they scored 41. But in a one-game affair like that, when you have a desperate Alabama team who has to win or go home, I do not think the committee would have accepted Alabama as a two-loss team in the playoffs. I just don't think they would have. So they knew they had to do it. Georgia, meanwhile, they dropped their guard. And so I think you see them make up for that tomorrow. Add to that Georgia and their bowl games – they're successful, and they're good against the spread. Jim Harbaugh has not been good as an underdog. He's 10-29 and 29 straight up, 17-22 and 22 against the spread as an underdog, including 1-11 straight up and 2-10 and 10 against the number versus teams that have a greater than 900 winning percentage, which Georgia does. By the way, there's a stat that I can't ignore. Michigan scored 40 points their last three games in the previous three games. When something like that has happened in college football history, uh, and you get into a playoff format like this, uh, it's happened six times. And the previous six times, the teams who had scored 40 points in three straight games prior to the bowl game, and they entered the bowl game as an underdog, which Michigan is, they're only 1-5 in, in that situation. So I think you've got a you've got a real tough task for Michigan tomorrow because what they do well, Georgia does extremely well. And unless Michigan can reinvent themselves, unless Michigan can reinvent themselves and, and, and channel Alabama and zing the ball around the line on first time, that's not how they're built. So you're asking Michigan to do the exact opposite of what got him here in the first place. I think you have to dance with who brung you. Now, I do expect Josh Gaddis, the uh, offensive coordinator for Michigan, who Jim Harbaugh has given some autonomy to, to put a couple of wrinkles in. But I also expect Georgia and her athleticism to be – Ready for it. Gun to my head. I think Georgia wins by 10. I, I do. Uh, all right. The other game is, is going to be interesting as well. I t- t- by the way, real credit to Michigan. One of the things that make these playoffs so unique this year is Michigan started the year unranked. There has never been a team that made the college football playoff that started the season unranked. The other aspect of this year's playoff that makes it distinctive and, to me, more appealing from a fan standpoint is that there's never been a non-Power 5 team enter. In Cincinnati, you earned it. I thought you earned it last year. You come right up, and you did it again this year. Now, Alabama's laying 13 and a half. couple of things to note here, okay? Bama's only 4 and 5 against the spread this year versus teams above 500. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, the Bearcats, they're 7 and 0 against the spread versus teams above 500. Now, this Cincinnati team is not your normal Group of five team. They've got NFL talent. They've got two NFL corners. One's named Kobe Bryant, spelled with a C, but it's Kobe Bryant. They've got a quarterback 
Desmond Ritter, who if some running lanes open, the passing game could open. That's easier said than done. I think the thing that Alabama or check that the thing this the thing that Cincinnati has to guard against. There's an old saying, Casey Stengel once said, the reason teams lose to the Yankees is they get stuck staring at the pinstripes. This is where Alabama lives. They're going to take the field in Jerry's world in that Cotton Bowl, and they're going to look around, and this is the kind of quantum physics game that Cincinnati's never really been in. This is where Alabama lives. This will be Alabama's seventh semifinal game. And in the previous six, they're not only 5-1, and one, they've won by an average margin of 20 points per game. You saw what they did to Washington. You saw what they did to Michigan State. You saw what they did to Oklahoma and Kyler Murray a couple years ago. You saw what they've done to Notre Dame. Alabama is going to bring a relentless strain and pressure on Cincinnati, and the cumulative effect of that is going to work one of two ways. It's either going to wear Cincinnati down and Bama's going to pull away, or Cincinnati is going to stand up and hang around in this game. I think the back door could stay open. Sharp people I know have grabbed the points here. Now, here's something we never thought we'd see. Number one, Alabama, who's now gunning for their, what, sixth national championship under Nick Saban? I don't know, somebody correct me, five, whatever. Shows up on semifinal Friday, and you've got, they're going up against a group of five football team, and the notion is that Alabama is being treated as an underdog. I, I don't, I don't, okay. Now, the, the Bearcats have been money in the bank the last three years uh, when they're getting points. Luke Fickle has just done an incredible job. They hang in with the big boys. They're 6-0 and against the number. When they play any team who's got a 900 or better uh, a winning percentage, and yeah, even though, uh, you know, Alabama was incredibly impressive against Georgia just last week, uh, Bama had to, you know, they had to engineer an offensive drive for the ages, like 98 yards, just to force overtime against Auburn, and then they somehow prevailed in four overtimes, 24 to 22. That shows me that Alabama is human. This Alabama team is human. But a tale of the tape shows that while, and I'm going to repeat a stat I just gave, shows that the Bearcats beat all their comers this season. Not only that, they were 7-0 and against the number against 500 or greater foes. Alabama was, was you know, 4-5 and five against teams that, that were above 500. And Alabama was only 1-4 against the number when they're bold chalk of more than nine points. And, yes, they're defending champions. Uh, but, look, when you've got favorites this big in what's considered a playoff game since 1980 of more than six points, these teams are only 6-11 and 11 against the spread. So, look, these are a lot of trends and stats that might not matter when they line up and start, you know, cracking helmets. But there's also a Heisman Trophy factor, okay? Bryce Young will have to face the number one team in the nation in team passing efficiency defense. They've actually got NFL lockdown cornerbacks that are really going to compete. And remember, last year, after getting snubbed, Cincinnati led Georgia 21 to 10 after three quarters in the Peach Bowl. They finally lost 24 to 21 on a last-second field goal by the Bulldogs. I do expect the Cincinnati team to compete. There's a trend here. One final trend: the kicker, Heisman Trophy winners, and that's Bryce Young. They were just two and 11 against the spread in bowl games if they won their previous game by more than a touchdown. Now. 
all of this goes out the window should something goofy happen or there are turnovers or an injury or something unforeseen. But I think the time has come where a team like a Cincinnati can prove they belong there by competing. Since All the pressure in the world is on Alabama. There, there is not any pressure, I believe, on Cincinnati. If they win, incredible. You've got yourself a hell of a story, and you've got a, a group of five team playing for a national championship, which, oh, by the way, uh, speaks volumes as to how much quicker that the committee can come up with an expanded playoff. <laughs> and I know the narrative is, ah, people don't want to see Alabama in the finals. And don't don't tell that to the people in I mean, don't people who want to see Cincinnati in the finals? Don't don't tell that to the people in the uh, in the in the in the uh, skyline chilly city. I know you want to see the blue bloods, okay? But you watched Duke battle Butler back a few years ago. Butler almost beat him. Look, this is America. People do root for an underdog, and Cincinnati is a thirteen and a half point underdog. I do think the back door stays open. Um, I I think both games are incredibly difficult tomorrow to handicap. Because, again, you've got something here you haven't had. you got an unranked team at the beginning of the year that defied the odds, and the team they lost to, Michigan State, uh, you know, they got killed by Ohio State, who Michigan beat. So there's no transitive property in college football. Literally anything could happen in both of these games. I would be very surprised should Alabama lose to Cincinnati. I will not be shocked or surprised should Michigan beat Georgia. But I do think it's going to be a chalk tournament. I do think Georgia wins and covers against Michigan. I think Alabama wins and probably has about a 60% chance of covering. (coughs) Excuse me. I've got that throat thing. It's been fighting me all week. And uh, I have to just bear with it. Apologize. Look, the bottom line is, however, it would not surprise me that if Cincinnati backers get the cash, meaning... They cover the 13.5 points, which would would get you a winner, even if you don't win the game outright. Coming up, let's bring in the crew. Let's see what their expectations are tomorrow. Do we see an upset to shock the world? Do we see a couple of blowouts? Ho-hum, here we go again. Deja vu all over again, Yogi. Do we see one win, the other not win? Do we What, what are we going to see tomorrow? Let's see what the guys have to say. I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Don't go away. You're listening to The Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of The Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, bro. <laughs> One, two. Well, another game is over, and it wins again. Really Listen up, Mal Militia. The Ben Maller Show is the show of the people, by the people, for the people. Join the movement and follow your host on Twitter. In for Ben Maller, it's Bernie Fratto. You can follow him at Bernie Fratto, B-E-R-N-I-E-F-R-A-T-T-O, on Twitter. And you can tweet at and follow our technical producer who plays all the music and sometimes some funny sound bites on the show. His first name is Roberto. Last name is Flores. You can follow him at Raider underscore Rob 24. Feel for how, ha, 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 for ha. 
And now live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Bernie Pratt. Thanks so much, Eddie. Let's keep it right here. I just gave you my thoughts on the two semifinal games tomorrow. What are your thoughts? Do we see some competitive games? Do we see an upset? Do we see blowouts? What comes to mind? Well, I know that I am uh, I'm hoping for a couple of upsets, actually. Um, I grew up, actually, a, a huge Alabama fan. My mom is from Birmingham. All their family are huge Crimson Tide fans. Um, but once I finally went to my own school, I kind of you know, decided that's my, that's my school now. That's my team. I'm not really rooting for any other team. So it kind of, uh, ironic that since Alabama has become the juggernaut that they are now, I actually don't really root for them anymore. But, uh, you know, I, I understand why everyone seems to be picking both Alabama and Georgia. And I will be surprised if it isn't that matchup again, but just, I am personally rooting so hard for Cincinnati uh, and, and, and Michigan as well. Um, obviously being, uh, uh, an alum of a school that is, you know, uh, the non-group of, or the group of five, um, I'm always rooting for those type of schools to have success and try and prove that they can uh, compete with the big boys. But, uh, I, I would be shocked if Cincinnati is able to pull off the upset, unfortunately. Um, I do think Michigan can hang with Georgia. Um, I, I, I think it'll be a close game, but I, I have to pick Georgia as well. And I, I got to say, uh, I'm not all that excited about seeing Alabama-Georgia part two, but because I'm a big college football fan and because it's the title game, uh, I, I will watch it. But I am, I'm hoping at least one of the teams, Cincinnati or Michigan, can pull off an upset. And if it is Bama and Georgia, January 10th rolls around, it'll be a clash of the two Titans. And I think cumulatively those two teams have certain pedigree and, the, and probably the best athletes and I think they are the top two teams in the country, but you got to earn it on the field. So should Michigan prevail or Cincinnati? Look, I'll be watching that as well. I feel like Alabama's experience in this spot, though, is so invaluable. Uh, Roberto Flores, what are your thoughts on the two games uh, Friday? Um, I know we, I, I know I'll be watching the first game for sure. The second one, I don't know because I'll be hanging out with family. But I'm I'm sure the TV will be on somewhere. I I I feel like Cincinnati has no chance because. Uh, Nick Saban has had all this time to prepare. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Michigan. I think Michigan could give it a, a run with Georgia. I hope. Uh, I'm rooting for Michigan to win. I don't want to. I do watch. I do watch these playoff games, uh, and I do watch the the national title game. So I don't want to see two SEC, SEC teams in the final. So, but I do. I do. I do think Michigan has a chance to win because of their of their defense and their running game. Yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement that we'd like to see competitive games uh, that adds to the, you know, the entertainment quotient. Uh, but what is going to happen is going to happen. So we'll just have to see uh, when the kickoff is here and if there are any goofball plays that sort of set the tone for the game uh, early. I remember I went to the national championship game back in January 2010 when Texas played Alabama and Colt McCoy got hurt like the, the first series of the game, the quarterback for Texas just kind of ruined everything that night. Uh, Coop, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the semifinal games? Um, you know, with the, with the Michigan game, I don't know that I care too much. Like part of me likes to root for Michigan, but then at the same time, like, I don't know. I feel like Michigan fans are kind of annoying. And so that makes me want to root against them. (laughs) They are. Um, Joe Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
and then as far as I'm probably not going to watch either of these to be completely honest with you. Uh, but if I am sitting there and I, you know, I'm looking on my, my app here, my scores app, and I see that, you know, Cincinnati is in the game, then I, then I might turn it on. Cause I always like to root against like evil empires, like the Patriots and the, and Alabama. You know, it's funny. Uh, September 1st, 2007, I was at the big house. That was the day Appalachian state beat Michigan. And uh, of course, Michigan will never live that down. And, they announced the score at Michigan Stadium. I checked that at, at Michigan State's game, which is about 80 miles away, I think. Um, and the cheers were, you could hear them all the way in Birmingham, Alabama. They were so happy. That's how much those two schools uh, hate each other. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no bs is allowed we keep it 100 this is where real conversations happen listen to the right or wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> I was just about to open up with the number one memory in the memorable moments of college football 2021, how Michigan beat the Buckeyes in the snow convincingly. November 27th, 2021, and right on cue, we've got a caller. Let's go to Kurt from San Clemente, who I believe wants to talk about Michigan. Welcome to the Ben Maller Show, Kurt. Hello, Barry. It's nice to meet you. Right back uh, at you, you know, there's been a, There was a lot of talk on some of these other shows where they were saying that the opening line was seven and a half, and you brought up the point, I thought that uh, after the gap of the Michigan game, that the line, like you said, came out at nine or nine and a half. That's what's called a send-off line, Kurt, and it was nine. It didn't stay there long, but it, it was nine. Continue on. What would cause it to move down that quickly? Not public money. Oh, sure. Sure. Football is the one sport, and you bring up a good point, Kurt. Stay on the line. Whether it's particularly in the NFL, but also in college and select games and standalone games like this. This is the, this is the sport where public money can absolutely match professional money. There might be more tickets, the wagers might be less, and not all bets are created the same, but you better believe that public money can move a line like that if enough of it comes in. And the idea behind the book is not to predict the outcome, it's merely to create an instrument so that there's equal action on both sides, and so the book minimizes its risk and maximizes its profits. I expect Georgia money to come in flooding in tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if the line went to eight or stay at seven and a half. But to your point, yeah, football is the one great equalizer where public money can match professional money. Go ahead, Kurt. Who do you like, Kurt? Who do I like? Yeah. Oh, if, you I had, like... If, you had to, if you had to wager on the game, who would you, who would you wager on? Uh, Georgia. I'd like to uh, be on the other side of that if you wouldn't mind uh, – considering lunch or something maybe one day <laughs> I, I i want to politely decline but uh i appreciate hearing you have anything else you want to say yeah i think that georgia and their defensive line uh they may have been up against a good offensive line with alabama however i do not think that they have faced an offensive line like the michigan wolverines 
Now, I, I'm curious here. Are you from Michigan, or do you have a Michigan interest in this game for other reasons? No. I'm just a football fan, and from what I've seen from their offensive line and the IQ and the tight end and the way that they played those last two games against Ohio State and Iowa, that is an offensive line that I would say, in my own opinion, there's going to be a couple of pros coming off of that. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm in agreement with that. Here's the thing. Every game has a context. Uh, and if this was just a, a regular September game that was buried in all the other regular games, um, I, might, I might subscribe to your, your theory a little bit more. But Georgia has an incredible amount of motivation, and it's, it's going to be a little different. Michigan has simply not seen a defensive front like this. Iowa wasn't even close. Michigan State's not even close. No one in the Big Ten, which is which was frankly down this year, has anywhere near the offensive or checked at the defensive front seven uh, that that Georgia has. So I can't accept a bet across state lines, pal. But you know what? If, if Michigan wins outright, you listen to my show Saturday, and I'll give you credit. Kirk from San Clemente. By the way. One of my favorite cities. I've spent a lot of time down there in, in San Clemente. Did you go to San Clemente High School? No, I didn't get the opportunity. I ended up uh, going to high school in Chicago. Oh, another great city. Well, San Clemente Tritons, that's the local high school down there, and they produced a lot of very good athletes. All right, Kurt, happy new year. Thanks for checking in. All right, so Michigan was the, I believe, the uh, – the number one story this year, all right, uh, in the sense that it was, it's not just that they beat Ohio State, it's the way they did it, and it could be a turning point for Michigan football and Jim Harbaugh, who went through a lot, took a pay cut, the program hadn't beaten Ohio State in a decade, they'd been largely non-competitive, all of a sudden, and, and the Wolverines did control the line of scrimmage, Kurt's right, they, they got a hell of an offensive line, they ran for 297 yards and six touchdowns, and they frankly bullied the Ohio State Buckeyes on that day. I'm of the opinion that Michigan's going to have to go to Columbus next year to beat him in the horseshoe to validate that that victory. However, be that as it may, let's just give credit where credit's due. Ohio State was by far the biggest obstacle for Jim Harbaugh and his players, and um, you you know celebrate that victory. You don't have to see Ohio State till next uh, November, but you're going to you're going to and. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Congratulations. Uh, I've been, I, I rode Harbaugh hard for good reason these past few years. I want to give credit where credit's due. I think that is the number one story. The number two story is the Cincinnati Bearcats make history. Uh, if you watched that game at Nippert Stadium when they beat Houston in the AAC championship game, the fans stormed the field, okay? This was no ordinary, ordinary field storm where everybody was hooked up to a blender and they had a few too many cream demands and, hey, let's storm the field. No. This was not about one game. This was about a huge glass ceiling being shattered with the knowledge they knew that the Bearcats would become the first group of five team to make the college football playoff. People cheered. They cried. They were euphoric. They engulfed. It was a sea of red. Cincinnati had gone undefeated the season before. Remember? I talked about this last year when I did the Ben Maller show. Never got a shot. That bothered me. UCF never got a chance in 2017 and 2018. I'm convinced a lot of people thought it would never happen. And I got to tell you, we'll never know if Oklahoma State would have won. What would have happened? But Cincinnati is in. That's another huge story. Uh, A story that was under the radar 
There's a quarterback by the name of Mackenzie Milton who played on those US UCF uh, teams, those great teams in that magical undefeated 2017 season. <clears throat> and he had a very catastrophic knee injury and leg injury that he suffered in 2018. And it was very similar to uh, almost as dramatic as what Alex Smith had. And he almost lost his leg, Mackenzie Milton did. He suffered a lot of der- uh, nerve damage, but he was determined to play again. And while he decided to transfer to Florida State, he did it believing he would have a chance to start. And he, he did not start in the opener against Notre Dame, but when he got on the field eventually, it was basically like a Hollywood movie. Uh, Milton was sort of forced into the game after uh, the starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, went to the sideline for one play. What does Milton do? He leads a 10-point comeback to send the game into overtime. And even though Florida State lost, People love a comeback story in America. People love underdog stories. And what it did, it signified that Milton had completed his long road back from almost losing his leg and perhaps never playing football again to leading a, you know, a, a, pretty, a pretty interesting drive. And the cheers were raucous and they were heartfelt. And it was a very triumphant moment. And you just can't take that away. That was a big moment. I know enough people out there will remember this. Uh, Bedlam really lived up to its name this year. The Oklahoma-Oklahoma State rivalry is always called Bedlam, but it doesn't always live up to that. Oklahoma has dominated over the years. This is one year that it lived up to it. You saw special teams touchdowns, special teams disasters, huge turnovers, momentum shifts, and after the Sooners took a 33-24 lead into the fourth quarter, boom! OSU scores twice to surge ahead, and they held off a pair of late Oklahoma drives to knock the Sooners out of the Big 12 race and keep the Cowboys' playoff chances alive. It's everything you could ask for in college football. Interestingly enough, it took so much out of the Cowboys, they couldn't prevail the following week against Baylor and cost themselves <coughs> probably a, play, a, a shot in the Final Four. But in doing so, it opened up the, uh, it opened up the door for uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats, who I just give an absolute tip of the cap to and what they've done this year. Coming up, I want to revisit a subject matter that you will relate to, and it's sort of an offshoot of our earlier conversation having to do with analytics, and it's the plight of the extra point in the NFL has changed dramatically. Ever since they moved the extra points back by 13 yards in 2015, the success rate is falling like an anvil in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I'm going to give you the numbers. You're going to be a little bit surprised. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked. Don't go away. You're listening to The Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We are always looking to proliferate the Maller Militia, help our grassroots movement add new listeners to the Ben Maller Show, support our noble efforts by posting comments about the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all other social media. You have the power to influence others to join the cult of the Ben Maller Show. And now live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Bernie Fratto. All right. We talked earlier about analytics and going for two. Well, at this rate, sometimes you can't blame coaches. What if I told you, remember how extra points used to basically be just automatic? Just about automatic. That was before 2015. And in the NFL, uh, what they decided to do was to spice things up. 
is move extra points back by 13 yards uh, from the two-yard line to the 15-yard line, turning what had been a sure thing, which before that, the, the success rate for NFL extra points was 99.3% in 2014. And just a year later, it dropped to 94%. As a matter of fact, currently this year in the National Football League, five teams are under 85% on extra points. The Texans, Jaguars, Chargers, Saints, and Jets. Although, to be fair, five teams are actually perfect. The Bills, Eagles, Ravens, Falcons, and Giants. But be that as it may, you cannot ignore... You cannot ignore the fact that things have changed dramatically. Going back to the 70s, the success rate between 73 and 80 fell from 97% to to, uh, 92% in the first season following a 10-yard change because what happened, you're asking what happened? Well, the goalposts used to be on the goal line. The players are running into them and knocking each other out, so they moved it back 10 yards back. Well, finally, in the 80s, kickers started to adjust to the change, and they began to approve. That is not happening this time around. It's been seven years now, and every year steadily. It's incredible. The success rate has fallen from 99% down to 94%. That was following the first year, and now it's all the way down to 92%. These are real numbers. Steadily, it's happened every year. The first year it fell 5%, then in 2016 it fell another half a point. Then it kind of leveled off for a couple years, and in 2019 fell another half point. Finally in 2021, it's down to 92.4%. It changes the dynamic of a game. <clears throat> now the teams go for two. You know, the, the, uh, the, key, the key numbers in football for betters are 3, 4, 6, and 7. Those are the key numbers. And you hear, you know, you hear about teasers, and if you're going to play a teaser, and you, <coughs> of course, you need two outcomes to win your teaser. For instance, you could tease uh, Green Bay, who's a seven-point favorite, down to down to one. You could tease them paired with another seven-point favorite, down to one. They've both got a hit. The key is you want to cross through three, four, six, and seven. Now that way you take advantage of the math. Now we find that a situation as eight has become a a, a more key number in uh, in the National Football League. This is something to continue to watch because I think mentally, if a kicker goes out and he wants to attempt a 32-yard field goal, that's different. But there's something about a 32-yard extra point because you're expected to make it. And there's just, not, there's just not any doubt based on these numbers that kickers psychologically in the back of their mind um, – that when they go to kick an extra point, it's not the same as kicking a 32-yard field goal. All right, coming up, we got a lot of stuff to get to. Will we ever have a female coach in professional sports? There's a reason I bring that up. I do believe Aaron Rodgers is going to stay put in Green Bay. And uh, the last half of the show, we're going to get heavy into the NFL and my prognostications or overview for some of these uh, for some of these games, Week 17, which have a lot of a uh, a lot of you know playoff implications. Some are de facto playoff games. Some teams. I mean, the Raiders lose, they're out, right? I'll I'll, I'll bring it all down. By the way, I just got a I just got a uh, tweet from late night drug tester. He says, "Not sure the semifinal games are going to be competitive. May need to check with the coop and get the coop scoop on entertainment for some New Year's weekend movies to shows to watch. Why not? Let's do it. I'm a huge movie buff. 
By the way, uh, I saw Hasaguchi, phenomenal. Uh, I saw the movie with Bradley Cooper, phenomenal. Uh, Coop, you want to do that real quickly, maybe later in the show? Get you some movies to recommend? Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll do that. We'll call an audible. We do that here on the Ben Maller Show. So, all right, so late night drug tester, we're going to find a way to squeeze that in. In the meantime, uh, keep it locked right here. Coming up soon on the other side, we're going to talk about why I believe Aaron Rodgers will, in fact, stay put in Green Bay. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 